You're listening to Not Many of You Should Become Teachers, a podcast that explores the world of K-12 education as it intersects with the Christian faith. You might call us extreme moderates. We're skeptics who try not to be cynics and are allergic to cheap rhetoric. Welcome to the show. Hey everyone, this is Riley here uh, with our last episode of Summer School, our first summer season and this is the last episode that we have for you we didn't expect to be recording six episodes for summer yet here we are today we have an episode with aaron Thiessen, who is the director of community life at trinity western university which is a christian-based university in british columbia which is where we are located for this podcast and we had the opportunity to sit down and talk about how Christian education can transcend into the post-secondary sphere uh, and into the K-12 sphere, and how community can be such a central uh, idea and can play such a central role in what Christian education has to offer. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. Uh, it was great to have Aaron on the show. All right, I have the opportunity to sit down with, I actually don't know what your 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 total title is, but I'm with Erin Thiessen, who works at Trinity Western University, and she is full of so many awesome ideas in terms of bringing people together, the young adult com- community, specifically the young adult Christian community. Um, so Erin, how about you just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Erin Thiessen. I work at Trinity Western, at Western University as the Director of Community Life. Cool. So what might that entail? So like director of community life, um, like I'm sure like, is there like eating together and stuff like that? Like bringing people together, what, what sort of things do you encounter every day in director of community life? Yeah. So I lead a team of staff members who are really devoted to creating a Christ-like community on campus. And that's a really lofty statement, I recognize. But it's a goal of ours that we want to invite all students to participate in that, not just the ones who are eager and extroverted and ready to get involved, but trying to create a Christ-like community that invites everybody. We recognize that not everybody will, but we want the invitation to be really clear that if you attend Trinity, whether you commute or you're a resident, that you are invited to participate with us. Very cool. Okay, that's that's awesome. I hear so many amazing things about Trinity, like, like just ridiculously amazing things. So I'm sure uh, you're doing a fantastic job, which is really cool. So I'm curious because, well, like my podcast with, with Dave, who's not here right now, but we engage like the intersection of faith and learning. And, and you are in an educational setting mm-hmm. where um, community life is is so important. Like I even think about that at the school that I teach at. Uh, it, it is It's something that happens on the weekly and it's not necessarily something where we uh intentionally say well this is curriculum it's just a part of who we are as a school which is what what you um encounter in daily so i'm curious about how does faith intersect with community life and and how have you seen things maybe grow in that situation yeah, I love that you're doing this podcast because the topics of spiritual formation and education and how they work together I'm so passionate about. I feel like in my you know my history, but I feel like I've never been able to choose what I love more to be in pastoral work or in education and so I keep choosing careers or even education education paths that 
blend and never close the door to one or the other. So I'm passionate about both of those things. And Trinity provides me with this super unique place um, where I get to interact with that intersection. And so I feel like spiritual formation on our campus is so um, ignited in the classroom, but so much of it gets actualized in the debriefing. And so community life is really, like we're so fortunate to be in this vibrant academic environment where we're engaging with all sorts of thought and learning and then community life members, leaders get to step in in mentorship, friendship, relationships and walk alongside. Uh, We always say that, walk alongside. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying. Um, We get to engage with people as they're debriefing what they're learning all around them. And so in the debrief, it's where it actually starts sinking in. It's where the head and the heart meet. It's where we actually turn what we're learning into our practices. And that, I feel like, is the key for spiritual formation because there's only so much you can do as you learn it's when we actually change it into our habits and we are formed by by what we're learning and it becomes our love. Um, that's when spiritual formation really happens. And it's so exciting that we get to be in these jobs, myself and my coworkers, where we are in relationships with students as mentors, as friends, as supervisors for some of our leaders. But ultimately, it's like mutual friendship as we work this out in our life. So it's a, it's a super unique kind of role that we play and I recognize not everybody gets that opportunity to be in that kind of unique relationship with students but it's really effective it's particularly effective I'd say for my resident directors who live in apartments with their students because then you're doing every day together and you're engaging with that faith and learning that's happening on a daily basis and we're watching each other in our everyday lives and we're debriefing what we're learning is it actually making a difference in how we live that's really cool. I think you have such an interesting demographic in the young adult Christian education community mm-hmm. where people, there is not just necessarily like a deep hunger for, like, like, yeah, a deep hunger for spiritual formation, but just learning in general, which is sometimes we something we really need to pull teeth for in, mm-hmm. in other education settings. But yes. um, yeah, it's, that's so cool to hear. Mm-hmm. So in that same vein, what might be a highlight that you have experienced in terms of uh, maybe faith intersecting with community life at Trinity? So one of the highlights I think that we have at Trinity is the diversity in which people come to study um, at our school. And it's, it really, if you embrace the diversity that is present, um, which I recognize not everybody does, and we're on a learning curve of how to do that better, but we're at a place where we're ethnically about 30% of our students are going to be um, from diverse backgrounds and that has a huge effect on our school population but also spiritual diversity is enormous amongst the dorms and in our commuter population and so I think that becomes such a helpful tool in forming your faith at a place that isn't homogeneous like it just isn't one way of thinking. This is an environment where you are interacting with people who are challenging you. And um, it's a really important time in someone's life. That's another highlight all by itself is this, the fact that the age group that we're working with is such a specific and important time in spiritual formation. And so much can be accomplished in personal growth in your late teens, early 20s. And so it's exciting and nerve-wracking and totally scary that we are involved in this time in people's lives. But 
going back to the diversity piece, I just see that as such an incredible opportunity um, to meet people, to be changed because of the people that you live with, especially um, in the dorms. If you are open to that, if you're open to being changed by the people around you and to change others by what you, um, by the way that you serve and love, it can be just an incredible opportunity. Yeah, that's uh, I love that. Looking at, at well, for me as a teacher, the classroom as this incredible, diverse um, sample size mm-hmm. of of the education community, and and really being able to learn from that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that actually in our chapel. Uh, episode mm-hmm. in summer school, Dave talked about a little bit, and he mentioned how uh, there was students that were from different ethnic backgrounds that they sang uh, '90s worship music because that's what they had translated mm-hmm. into their language. That's just a, a tangible example, and being able to use that to cultivate community mm-hmm. and spiritual formation is fascinating. I think one of the cool stories that I think of that just was a demonstration to me once when I was a resident director, so living on campus. One of my leaders on his own accord on O Day, it's our orientation day. It's like we try to make it a big exciting it's the Hawaiian the Hawaiian shirt day, yes, right? You heard of this. <laughs> yeah. It feels like we try to be in American school on that day. Um and have that like movie experience. But all the students move into their dorms in their first years and um I had this one RA who on his own, quietly, none of us knew, he took Every first year, if they were comfortable, asked them if they were comfortable. And when they moved into their room with their parents, if they were there, prayed with them like a blessing over their year. And we were I was shocked when I heard that he did this because he was kind of a punk kid. And um, four years later, we were interviewing um, students to do an appreciation uh, video for him. It was another occasion. And a Muslim student from his dorm from that first year through almost tears, he made all of us cry, talked about his very first day at Trinity Western, how this uh, RA of his prayed with him and his parents in his room, and he's never forgotten that kind of hospitality. Mind-blowing in terms of love and diversity, engaging together and praying together. Yeah. I, I wish people could see my face right now. I really am shook by that story. That's, yeah. a, that's a major highlight. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, in conjunction with highlights, there are obviously challenges that we can encounter when it comes to, yeah, just we'll, we'll not, not fabricating mm-hmm. spiritual formation, but creating uh, what my colleague Dave McFarland would say, a conducive space for spiritual formation and in your position through community. Mm-hmm. So what is a challenge that you've faced in this situation? Yeah, well, I feel like it's a weird thing to say that I enjoy this challenge, but as my role as director of community life, I hold a lot more of the responsibility of keeping our environment the way that we want it to be. So I deal with all sorts of areas of discipline, accountability, um, and conduct situations. I know, I can see you cringing. That is that is my face too. Um, and at the same time, it also creates the most opportunity for learning. Like it is one of the crucial moments when you sit with people and we're talking through what has gone on in the in the past scenario, whether it's been a perpetual problem or it's just been a recent thing in a one-time out-of-character situation. And so it is so challenging, yet it is like the richest time. For me, it's almost 
the moment when time slows down. When I sit with a student and we're talking about what just happened and how that, how does that intersect with what they believe? And is this, is Trinity's community and, and the environment that we set up and our standards for living, is that, does that intersect with what you believe? And do you want to be here? And why do you want to be here? And like all sorts of questions that try to peel back the layers and get at the heart of the issue. And so it's not always successful. That's why I would say it's challenging. But there are times when it is incredibly mind-blowing when you sit with somebody and then they burst into tears and you're like, wow, this is not going to be about the fact that they just got high last weekend. This is about something totally different. And it becomes a relationship. And so I can like gladly say like there are very few students that were in an adversarial relationship after a talk like that. Even if it becomes, an, like, even if they have repeated offenses or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm. It's just it that kind of way that we are, thankfully, Trinity allows us to deal with things while still upholding standards gives us an opportunity for learning in those crucial moments. Sometimes what what is learned in that moment is way more significant than anything else in people's mm. season at Trinity. So we have really high standards. I won't be shy about that, about what what we want people to live like when they're signing up to live on our campus and they're not easy to uphold for everybody. And I want to say that we have high aspirational standards. I'm not going to be naive to know that, like to think that everybody's upholding them. They're not. And that's why my job is really busy. So um, yeah, I think that I, but I believe in them and I like talking about that with students. The word that comes to mind is restoration. Like mm-hmm. those those conversations yes. are totally restorative, right? Yeah. And when I, I hear stories of like uh, K to twelve admin, mm-hmm. um, or maybe more in the high school uh, range that have some of these conversations and they have these similar experiences based on like the the relationship that's there and the attitude towards the conversation as well, just approaching it with kindness and, and approaching it with a, a genuine uh, intrinsic value of who the person is that you're talking to. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm sure that that is like the story of the Muslim student. I'm sure these are conversations mm-hmm. that these students would be. Uh, keeping in their memories for a very long time for very positive, um, uh, what's the word, uh, reasons that, that really do uh, invoke growth in, in their lives. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything, Erin. I really am, uh, I, I'm trying to think of the many ways that this can be translated into the, the K-12 classroom and then mm-hmm. also thinking as we send our students into the afterlife, which is what mm-hmm. we call it on our podcast, um, uh, what can be expected at a, maybe a Christian community and the things that... Um, that are sought out for in in terms of Mm -hmm. creating that Christ-centered community. So that's Mm -hmm. fascinating. Thank you for being on the show. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Aaron. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Aaron, for being on the show. If you want to find Not Many of You in other places other than this podcast, you can find us online at notmanyofyou.com, on Twitter at notmanyofyou. And if you enjoyed listening today, be sure to subscribe on your app of choice and give us a good review on whatever app that it is that you listen. We appreciate all of that. We're still just getting started here, getting ready for the fall of another school year and another podcasting season. It's been an absolute pleasure to be producing these summer school episodes, and we are looking forward to more this fall. Have a great rest of your summer teachers, and uh, yeah, have a good one. Bye-bye.